Good evening, America, and welcome back to the entertainment from the 573. I am the lead for this episode, shockingly enough, Peter Lewis, joined by my co-host, Matt Borman and Ryan McDaniel. The If you're watching on video, I was not prepared for the inversion, <laughs> but yes, I, it is the three of us, the classic three, as they say. And we are here again, obviously, the Entertainment 573. Something big has to be in the works for in the entertainment world for us to come on here tonight. And you know what it is, obviously. It is Grand Theft Auto 6. The trailer dropped early this week <laughs> due to a leak. 134 million uh, views currently on the YouTube. Uh, the song in the trailer, Tom Petty's 1989 song, Love is a Long Road, is up 37,000% on streaming. And also from the year 1989 is a little... Uh, film i think you may have heard of it's called national lampoon's christmas vacation that's right suckers it's not a grand theft auto 6 podcast it's the christmas vacation pod what are you stupid you think we care about a game that's take 12 years to make no get out of here 134 million nah no one cares fam um peter i actually have two questions regarding grand theft auto Ooh. before we dive Ooh. into the main event so ryan if you don't mind just we're moving the lower third for a moment. We'll talk for about 45 seconds here. Okay. Uh, question number one, is this a sequel to Vice City by any chance? Uh, basically a reimagining in, you know, non-2D computer animation of 2002. Hey, it was not 2D. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas was 3D. My mistake. But yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. It was not good graphics. So is Tommy, At least, is Tommy Versetti in this game? I would highly doubt it because CJ was not in Grand Theft Auto V. Okay. Wow. Maybe so a reference cool. every now and then, but I 100% would not expect it. Um, will there be gang warfare like in San Andreas? Uh, the best have... feature in Grand Theft Auto history, by the way, is the gang mm. warfare. Unless you were in that one tiny square neighborhood where it was impossible to get the ballas. That was frustrating. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, there were gangs, obviously, in Vice City. Uh, some breakdown of the trailer show, the Haitians and the Cubans with their bandanas. But uh, gang war gangs were not big in GTA V, crazy oh, enough. They should have So been. maybe, but not the way you think. Okay. Or, right. Most likely, but not the way you think. Well, maybe I'll play it someday. I, uh, I think I still have a Grand Theft Auto V. I feel like I bought it. When it was like on super sale on Black Friday, like four years after it came out, and it was dirt cheap because it was like, oh well, it's cheap now because you know a new one will come out soon. And then here we were, like eight years later, <laughs> and it's still. I was a senior. Way. I was a senior in high school when it came out. <laughs> now I'm a bitter adult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. The uh, sequel came out after everyone who was Grand Theft Auto's target audience now has no time to play video games. So with that, jokes on us. We did talk about Grand Theft Auto 6, but here is the more important thing. <laughs> See, we got a timely reference in, but here's the real. Here's the real thing. Thank you, Tom Petty, for releasing a great song in 1989. Rest in peace, King. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the greatest movie of all time now. I mean, we've talked about, you know, things like Empire Strikes Back. We've talked about Infinity War. And uh, now we're going to talk about another great piece of cinema. Um, this, this, guys, this is cinema. National Lampoon's Christmas <laughs> Vacation um, is notably in, in the uh, world of the views from the 573 universe. It's my favorite movie. It, not my favorite Christmas movie, just my favorite movie. And yeah. uh, so this is a little Christmas present for me. 
Well, it's it's technically your wedding gift, so I'll leave it at that. But you're still getting me a real gift. Listen, I still got a gift in mind for for both of you guys. All right, I'm I'm working on it. it it's going to take a little bit of to get it ready and got to figure out what to do, but it's coming. Look, I know you're trying to find that Christmas vacation themed pinball machine. <laughs> I told you, Ryan, don't get it. Rebecca wouldn't like it. <laughs> is, was there actually a Christmas vacation pinball machine? I don't know, but I'm sure there is. <laughs> I, I mean, this movie, this movie is a merchandise machine. Also, by the way, like that's another thing with this movie is that there's Christmas vacation, everything. I have a Christmas vacation cup right here. Um, <laughs> I could go in the other room and grab my sweater. There, I have almost every ornament from Hallmark um, since they started it. I, we are missing the very first one. Um, where they it was cousin Eddie's RV, so if anyone happens to have have that and they would like to send it to me, it'd be greatly appreciated. Um, also, we 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 are probably dropping off of it though because they are trying to get more money out of you by having each of the figures now sold separately for this upcoming one. Mm-hmm. So I think my mom is finally like, yeah, I think we're good now. But <laughs> oh, that no, it's my favorite movie. It's the best movie ever. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's beautiful. And it's wonderful. You know what? I kind of want to start off, you know, with that, Matt. You mentioned that we got the origin for film, Peter, and I think it's only fitting that we get the origin for you and this movie. Where did this love for this movie kind of start for you, and how has it kind of gone through the years? Like, what's, I mean, obviously, you mentioned it's your favorite movie of all time, but how did it get to that point? I'm trying to remember, like, when I first saw it, because I just looked and the sequel came out. Uh, in 03 and so I used uh, the reason I actually looked that up was because I I remember watching that on TV so I definitely not only had seen Christmas Vacation before 03 I was very much into it and knew it by 03 because I was like excited for the sequel because I knew it so well so at that point I would have been going into the Christmas where I'm nine years old at that point and Mm -hmm. so I already knew it really well even prior to being nine I don't remember how I was first introduced to it being that young. I think it was just on at a family Christmas. Um, I think it's important to note that I definitely come from like a rural background where like we live out in the sticks and a lot of the things about this movie are pretty darn relatable, you know, Uh, crazy family. We actually had a squirrel get in our house and destroy our Christmas tree (laughs) one year. That is a 100% true story. That uh, at, at the house before um, we ripped out the ceiling um, years and years ago in the living room, but we used to have this like the, the drop ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. A squirrel managed to find its way from the upstairs into that drop ceiling, and it was like knocking down those panels uh, as it ran during Christmas time. And one of those panels came down, and knocked over the Christmas tree. So like, oh, no. there's just so much of this movie that's so relatable um that i think that's really where it mainly comes from and then i think it wasn't until oh probably sometime in high school whenever uh one of my other very good friends nathan frizz uh he also loves this movie and, and so we started watching it together like we just throw it on tv when we had n- nothing better going on right like we're playing madden or something oh let's just throw also throw on christmas vacation right and uh yeah so then just like also watching with him took it up to another level. You know, me and him will text each other randomly throughout the year. I'm just like, and why is the carpet all wet, Todd? <laughs> um, things like that. And so that kind of took it up to another level. Where I think at that point is kind of how it then became like 
my number one overall pick movie in the entire world. And as you guys know, for me, it's a battle of about 50 movies that I've ever seen to be first mm -hmm. overall, right? Like my personal movie draft, the player pool is not real deep, right? Like I'm an NBA draft kind of guy. I can only do two rounds. <laughs> you know, you guys are over here doing the MLB 40 round draft, right? So uh, that's the thing too for me is that, you know, and uh, I was, you know, yeah, it's just, it's all just, it's a perfect movie. Like the Mario movie is a 99.9% .9 movie. I have one change I'd make in the Mario movie, right? Cranky Kong's voice. That's it. I have nothing in this movie. I have nothing. Nothing at all. It's perfect. I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I, I'm thinking back. You know, you, you mentioned Madden and this movie with Nathan. Well, I remember similarly, you, uh, this is going to be weird for those listening. You would think Peter would be the first out of these two to introduce me to a movie. But no, Matt introduced <laughs> me to this movie. Really? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah you had never seen this until you came over in college. Yeah, I think oh, oh, man. I think man. it was one I think it was in 2018. I, I kind of remember it because it was before job was I think he was still at Murray State. And yes. I was doing a SEMO game that night for the Arrow. Yeah. I, I came over, we played some Madden, and he's like gonna throw on Christmas vacation. You know and I've never seen it before. It probably would have been the fall of 2017. 2017 i couldn't remember which if it was 2017 or 18 yeah because i was um, in that one bedroom apartment i was in that for that that year uh yeah uh, I, I forgot about that yeah i introduced you to this movie and yeah. um <laughs> i i, I want to mention one thing too with the squirrel um so the, because this was actually very sentimental to me um it, it could bring a tear to your eye so oh. a handful of years ago my great grandma passed away um you know she lived like 99 amazing life she lived at home for 99% of those 99 years. Um, and, you know, she passed away. We're, we're cleaning out her stuff in her house. Um, she had these ceramic animals. Um, you know, there'd be like, there was like a little bunny, right? There was like a, a cardinal, and there was a ceramic squirrel. So um, we have in our living room right now in our Christmas tree, my great-grandma's ceramic <laughs> squirrel is sitting in our christmas tree it is nice. very much like the uh like the squirrel from christmas vacation um actually <laughs> ryan i tell you what dip me out for just a moment i'll take us over there for audio listeners uh matt mormon is out of the building <laughs> and when he returns you won't be uh you won't see it obviously because it's our voices <laughs> oh man i'll tell you what talk about that uh, having an actual squirrel in your tree is like oh well i guess we're trying to play off christmas vacation too well you know <laughs> and the way the way he described it it's really like uh in this movie when clark gets stuck in the attic in, in a way because uh if i if i understood correctly the squirrel was just like in the the roof basically or the uh the upper floor and just somehow found a way to get in okay here we go Sorry, oh i see it okay yeah yeah. Oh, there she is. yeah yeah i see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah there it is how about that Oh, and we're getting. Oh, we had a king shot for like a brief second, so we lost oh, some views there. Oh, uh, oh, oh I, he heard us. Oh, there he is. There's the fourth co-host subbing oh, in for so, Rebecca yeah, tonight. King appearance. <laughs> All right, oh, he's um, no snot. <laughs> that is true. All right, uh, I think. Uh, yeah. All right, I think we're all back. I think we're Stop all good editing to go. there for Mr. Ryan. There we go. <laughs> editing Ryan's gonna gonna have a fun time working all this. Sorry, Ryan. I, I didn't Thankfully, mean to he's it. not posting the rails. 
well, thankfully, Edding Ryan is not going to post this till around Christmas, so he's got plenty of time. Mm. <laughs> but knowing him, he's probably going to procrastinate, put it off to about a few days before. So I was yeah. about to say we were we were all in college together. We know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we say that. Yeah, so I guess let's dive into this film a little bit further. Uh, Peter, you got some stuff, some background, being the film guy that you are. Uh, what can you tell us about this movie? Well, uh, it was the third film in the National Lampoon Vacation series. National Lampoon, of course, was a humor magazine. They were, before going to film, they were famous for the uh, January 1973 cover, the classic, uh, if you don't buy this issue, we will shoot this dog. And that was the days before Photoshop. So legitimately, National Lampoon got a picture of a dog confused and just put a real gun to his head and said, yep, buy it or we'll do it. (laughs) Obviously, the gun wasn't loaded. It was some crass humor, but they did it. Uh, Even more crass was the uh, famous uh, parody Volkswagen ad uh, claiming that if Ted Kennedy was driving a Volkswagen, it would not have synced in Chappaquiddick, and uh, there would be one less dead woman at the bottom of that bay, and the Kennedys wouldn't have to cover something up. Allegedly. Allegedly. Ted Kennedy's dead. uh, Ted Kennedy's dead. I can say whatever I want. But, of course, after all of that, National Lampoon got into film, uh, most famously with the historically uh, significant, according to the uh, Library of Congress, Animal House. And Christmas uh, Vacation was the last film with National Lampoon acting as an independent company before it got sold off or, I guess, bought out by a company called J2 Communications. Hmm. Really? So, obviously, with uh, National Lampoon, or Christmas Vacation being the third in the series. Uh, the first one, of course, 1983's National Lampoon's Vacation, just straight up. Uh, a near top 10 grossing film for that year, considered to be one of the best comedies of all time. Its sequel, the 1985 European Vacation, slightly down to box office and less positive reviews. So there was a four-year wait for this, where, again, 1989, Tom Petty, Christmas Vacation. Great world. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, despite the idea that the local setting was due to budgetary concerns with the European vacation performance, because the vacation and European vacation, they're doing all these sorts of uh, locations. That was not the fact. In fact, uh, this was the highest budgeted film of the first three vacation films at $25 million and also became the highest grossing. Even more of that the 1983 with $73.3 million. Hmm. The film was based on John Hughes, the very late, great John Hughes, a uh, short story for National Lampoon Magazine's Christmas 59. Uh, he was the writer for the first two films and also took over producing duties for this. And a year later, uh, he had another Christmas film under his, a small film that he wrote and produced called Home Alone. Not sure if anyone's heard about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, the joke, by the way, is uh, I don't have a Santa hat, so uh, this is me doing Joe Pesci from Home Alone. <laughs> That's the best I could do on uh, short notice. <laughs> and yes, of course, uh, John Hughes had two more Christmas films with Home Alone. Uh, Christmas Vacation debuted at number two at the box office behind a very small, obscure film called Back to the Future Part Two. Never heard of it. Uh, but in its third week, it would take the number one spot and remain there for that uh, the next week, because obviously Christmas time, these uh, released, uh, yeah. looks like late November, if I remember correctly. I could have noted it, but I didn't because professionalism here at the, these from the 
sorry, yeah, the entertainment from the five seven three. <laughs> did I introduce it right? Right, I I I don't think I did. <laughs> well, editing Ryan, we'll go back and okay. make sure and check it out. If it's not, then we'll just I don't know what we'll do. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, despite how the intro went, uh, Christmas Vacation upon release received uh, mixed reviews. Currently today, it has a 70 on Rotten Tomato, a 49 on Metacritic, and a cinema score uh, audience grade of B+. Roger Ebert, one of the great critics of all time, actually gave it a 2 out of 4 stars for its release. However, these people? this is one of the situations where, Matt, where you were proven right as time went on because oh. it has become to been a very beloved Christmas film. Uh, AD Club had it number 20 of 30 on their best Christmas films list. Rotten Tomatoes 100 had it at number 75. Entertainment Weekly had it at 18. USA Today had it at number 6 of their best 20. And Esquire's 71 best Christmas films of all time, it was number 2 behind It's a Wonderful Life. So, Peter, if I may here... Mm -hmm. um... I think I may actually have a bit of a theory on why that would be the case. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's probably because of the demographic that this movie probably appeals to the most. Like I said, I grew up in a rural family, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like kind of that country style uh, family, that's who this movie is going to appeal to the most. Those people are not on Metacritic. Right. right? It, it, it's kind of like, um, I personally, Billy Vaughn is my favorite comedian, right? Here's your sign guy, right? He's one of the blue collar comedy tour people. I feel like he probably is not nearly as like critically acclaimed as your more, you know, whatever. I don't know. Comedians, Kevin Hart, whoever, um, because just the stylistically and the relatability, I guess I think it's one of the movie's real strengths to me is that you're kind of relating to these characters and you can see your own family in this mm -hmm. family um, versus yeah, the Roger Ebert over here, <laughs> he's going to totally did not get that feeling at all from it you know um i think that may be where some of that comes from and those people are wrong <laughs> well es esquire agreed with you out of 71 they gave it number two okay good job esquire way to go people not number go. one which is i know what you're hoping for i, I try to find no, one to end it on but I, I can accept two though I, I think that i can accept that like they're still wrong but at least it's like okay i mean <laughs> if What's number one? Do you happen to have what that was? Uh, it's a wonderful life. Okay, sure. I can. It's I can... like it's the default when you when you just can't make a decision between you know your Christmas vacations, your home alone, your else. You're like, that's right. ah, a wonderful yeah. life. It, it, it's like a list that puts uh, um, the soup Nazi as the number one Seinfeld mm. episode, even though it's not right, true. Right. Festivus Christmas theme is the best Seinfeld episode, but. Yeah, for a list, I can understand why they would put Soup Nazi. Similar thing. I know it might not be the a consensus or acceptable pick, but for me, it was uh, Kramer's Battle with Kenny Rogers Chicken. I don't know why. That's oh, just, that's uh, awesome. That, that always got me. Absolutely. <laughs> just so I mean, stupid. You can't find a bad episode <laughs> in nine seasons. We'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a Seinfeld review someday. Oh, yes. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> me and Rebecca after like a uh, baby shower present or something, you know, we'll... We'll work that out someday down the road. <laughs> Getting back to Christmas Vacation, uh, this was not only the last film to be an independent National Lampoon film with Warner Brothers, it was also the last to have the National Lampoon name and the involvement of John Hughes. The next sequel was the 1997 uh, 
Vegas vacation, uh, which was a disaster. And as Matt alluded to, there was one spinoff sequel, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, reprising the role of Cousin Eddie and his family. It was a South Pacific Christmas vacation setting, 2003 NBC made-for-TV movie, and uh, very negative reviews as well. Yeah, that movie sucks. And um, it's unfortunate and it's a shame that that's the sequel that we got out of this. I found that really interesting that this was the end of, like, National Like, the, it was such a hard cut um company wide after this with it being such a success that really does surprise me it's a shame we didn't get a real sequel um did you guys happen to catch by the way much like how you know these days they tease the future of franchises right we'll have like hey in you know guardians of the galaxy here's adam warlock right and then you know Mm -hmm. when dk6 comes out we'll actually get adam warlock right those kind of things happen a lot in these days with franchises um did you guys happen to see the tease for vegas vacation Mm-mm. Mm. Uh, Rocky, the little boy that comes over with Cousin Eddie, his shirt is a Las Vegas, Nevada t-shirt. Okay. So, even back <laughs> in Chris's Vacation, 1989, teasing those sequels to these franchise movies, these tentpole franchises, like Chris's Vacation, <laughs> uh, teasing those sequels. And in the age-old question of, is Peter Lewis that bad at math where he has to do 1997 minus 1989 to get the result of eight years they were planning that? Yes. Yes, America. Yes, I am. I would I would bring out the journalism degree as a joke to further the point, but uh, I hate it so much. It's just randomly somewhere in the uh, closet in the upper rafts. <laughs> Probably in a shoebox. You didn't learn math of that one. No. Um, also, speaking of Rocky, uh, while we're going through fun facts and whatnot, uh, how many lines does Rocky have? He didn't have one, I think. Not a single mm-hmm. one. Right. He doesn't, nope. he doesn't say that a fungus. word. That fungus. That fungus. They got to identify it first. Yeah, they got to figure out what that is. Yeah. Kid came here and collected a paycheck. I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, also, of course, I think this one's more well-known now, but it was mind-blowing when I first heard it. Um, the actor for Russ. For a little rusty is Johnny Galecki from Big B- Letter yep. from Big Bang Theory. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Matt, the final part of this was we were going to go over the uh, cast and crew to do some uh, what they've been involved in. You're welcome. No problem. Chevy Chase and uh, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo, of course, reprise Clark and Ellen for the third time. And of course, for the third time, there is a different actor to play Audrey and Russ. This one, though, uh, it is a notable height and age difference. The first two, they were kind of around the same age and height. This one, we have a, I guess, more teenage, preteen Aubrey and still a younger, like, 10-year-old Russ, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, as Matt alluded to, uh, Johnny Glickley uh, became lettered in the Big Bane Theory. I know I said his last name wrong. I scribbled it in because I am a professional America. <laughs> what I didn't scribble in is Juliette Lewis, two years later, would go on to be an 18-year-old Best Supporting Actress for her role in Cape Fear from View from the fi- uh, Entertainment from the 573 Friend, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Shout out, Marty. I know you're watching. Why is he our friend? He just says, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, we have John Randall as Clark Sr. We have Diane Ladd, uh, three-time Oscar-nominated actress and the mother of Oscar-winning actress Laura Dern as Clark's mom. 
Superman hmm. 2 President E.J. Marshall is Ellen's dad. Scribble this one in so bad. I'm going to have to go to the thing. America, hold on. Oh, yes. Raymond's mom from Everybody Loves Raymond. Marion Flynn as Ellen's mom. And she's perfect. Oh, amazing. Yeah. She is a gem in this movie. <laughs> like the, my, my only slight complaint, Mr. Morbin, I, I know it's unacceptable when you said it's 100%, is the parents should have had a little more. No. They kind of just get thrown in. No, I'm like here's the piss. I they have enough. Like there's so there's so much going on. Who are you taking five lines away from to give them five more lines? Like oh, I'm not. I'm not saying it's only ninety minutes. We can add fifteen. I also think ninety minutes is like perfect for this movie with this much chaos and this much fun. (laughs) There's no dead time. There's no downtime. It's perfect, and there is significant character development with uh, Ellen's dad. Oh yes, there. Like he, so this entire movie is ragging on Clark, how Clark's a mess up, and then when freaking what's his face Frank Shirley comes walking in, we're like, oh, 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 I took away your Christmas bonuses. Who's the first person to stand up for Clark? It's Ellen's dad, Mr. Ellen. Yep, that's character development right there, ladies and gentlemen. Closing it, closing this out. Randy Quaid, Oscar-nominated actor for The Last Detail in 1973, is your cousin Eddie. Randy Quaid, very known for being very great at the high drama and just being hilarious in these types of comedies. It's what we call a actor. Ah, an actor. <laughs> yeah, he, he's perfect as cousin Eddie. Yes. Uh, yeah. May Questel, I hope I pronounced that right, the voice of Betty Bop and Olive Oil from Popeye in her final film role plays Anne Bethany, the queen of chaos herself. My There's favorite. Effect. Yeah. My favorite character. I had no idea that she was well, Betty Boop and Olive Oil? Yep. Wow. She was the voice back in the yep. day. Well, I, this is her final role. That's a shame. I feel like she could have had like a whole second career as like delusional grandma. Because, I mean, Aunt Bethany, every single thing she does, every look on her face, every line she has, it, it's just, it's pristine. It's perfect. And it also, and this is another thing with the 90-minute runtime, is she doesn't show up until the final third of this movie. Right. And she doesn't overstay her right. welcome. Yeah. Same thing with Cousin Eddie. I think it's genius that Cousin Eddie doesn't come in until two-thirds of the way in. Because if they're, as we saw with the sequel... It's the Joey effect, right? Too much cousin. Like there could have been a thing as too much cousin Eddie, and there yeah, could definitely. not necessarily. But there could have been a thing as too much Aunt Bethany, but instead, it's just perfect amount. And the great thing about the cousin Eddie return is he was the him and the family was not in uh, European vacation because obviously the Griswolds oh. are in Europe. They are introduced in uh, the first one. So imagine this: a six-year wait to see cousin Eddie out of nowhere again. <laughs> And just knowing if you're the audience, like, oh, no, here's the turn. Here's the turn. (laughs) Uh, Rounding this up, Bill Murray's younger brother, Brian Doyle Murray, is, of course, Clark's boss, Frank Shirley. Bill Murray Murray has a younger brother. I always forget that, but this is one of the films that reminds me of it. Yep. He is great. I kind of forget that, too, because they're both in Groundhog Day together. Yeah. Yeah. 
rounding this off, we have Nicholas Guest as Todd and a woman by the name of Lou, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Dreyfus, hope I'm pronouncing that right. She went. Uh, she was only four months removed from a little pilot called Seinfeld, which apparently drew 11% of U.S. households at its release and forced NBC to make a series <laughs> called Seinfeld, where she played a character called, uh, let me read this again, Elaine. Doesn't talk it anywhere. Yeah, no, I don't think no. she's got much future at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she was she was very good as Margo. Oh, in, in my head canon, they kind of are the same person. Like <laughs> oh, they really are. They, they, no the yuppie, the yuppie house. Yeah. And like make no mistake, because like she is viewed on the like quote unquote like good side on Seinfeld, because like, you know, the characters that we were watching the show from. They're terrible people. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Elaine yeah. is absolutely a terrible person. And so I kind of, oh, in my head. If it wasn't for George, is- if it wasn't for George, Elaine would be kind of insufferable at times. But George helps her, like, stabilize in a way. <laughs> yeah. And so in, in this, you get her with just, like, pushover boyfriend Todd over here, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, very you know, nose up, looking down his nose at the neighbors, you know, uh, you know, snooty Todd, right? Right. Um, the one who a lot of these critics related to, they're like, I'm Todd. They're like, <laughs> I want to watch a movie about that guy, you know, and I want to see what his <laughs> art is all about. Um, that's Todd, right? There's a snooty neighbor who thinks that he's much better than the rednecks next door. And uh, they're, they're just, yeah, they're excellent. Yeah. Um, and, and like the, the comeuppance, that they get also, uh, you know, just, just, that's why it's a perfect movie. Uh, Peter, do you got anything else as far as background stuff like that? That is it. I think we have set the stage well, so we know who's in there. We know what the situation is. Matt Mormon, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't even know where to start with this movie. Like, well, Ryan, do we have any quotes? Uh, I know usually comedy is a little hard to review because there's only so many ways you can say it's funny and, so, it is. and, and it's funny we'll, we'll see where we go i mean the ridiculous over-the-top nature of the comedy is great but also the groundedness and also i think that one of the things that really works for this movie is i feel like as an audience you're almost watching it through the through the eyes of ellen and the kids in a way hmm. because like Clark is our main character, but we also get to just laugh at Clark in the way the family does. And then, like, we yeah. kind of do the rolling eyes laugh at Cousin Eddie the way they all do. Mm-hmm. You know, like, somehow. And, and, yeah, I, I feel like we actually watch the movie through the eyes of Ellen and the kids, right? And then Aunt Betty comes in, and she's delusional to them. Um yeah, I feel like that's actually one of the geniuses of this movie is that it actually kind of grounds it with the other members of the the, the direct family. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. Kind of like it, it's our avenue is seeing what's actually going on and how chaotic is this family through their eyes and see like how how is Clark doing all this? Like look at him doing putting up all these lights. Because we're know, not all, supposed all to stuff. we're not supposed to view Clark as normal. Right, like we are not supposed to, as an audience, look at what things that Clark does and go, "Well, that's what normal people do." (laughs) (laughs) And the family doesn't view him normal either. (laughs) No, I will say I wouldn't view anybody normally that wears a bear's head anyway. 
So that's fair. That's my one actual. That is my one thing about this movie is they are Chicago fans. Um, uh, it's like the one thing about the Blackhawks that's like a redeeming factor is when you see a Griswold zero zero Blackhawks jersey. I will say, uh, rewatching this film, it was very triggering at the beginning because I currently live in the Chicagoland area and I hope it's destroyed every single day, specifically <laughs> for the reason. Every single time I get on these stupid roads, there is going to be a Dodge pickup truck who's going to ride the entire time acting like an a-hole. It's like, just get around me. So that's what they do. So, okay. Okay. I'm going to put on my critic hat for a second here. All right. Maybe I do have one note for this entire movie. In the opening scene, they're going down the road, right? They're going to get the Griswold family Christmas tree. And uh, they pass on the same little break. Hey, we're going to burn this egg timer. You know, time to burn some dust here. Eat my rubber, right? And uh, <laughs> hey, kids, look, a deer, right? And it's amazing <laughs> and hilarity ensues. Um, then the semi, though. Now, I would, I think Clark and the Dodge are going above the speed limit because they're like passing each other and stuff, right? So why is the semi not only catching up to them, but then <laughs> passing them? Movie magic, Matt. <laughs> Movie I, magic. It, 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 it's it's a thing that you know i said a lot with talking to friends about andor when you're enjoying stuff you don't notice those kinds of things mm-hmm. um so i never noticed it but you're right though the, the terrible drivers and uh yeah how did the truck how did the semi catch up to them and why was the semi passing them um is, is a great question um now i do absolutely love the uh the walking we out there to- we need oh, to set up a situation. We need to set up a situation where, like the first film, the Griswold vehicle is flying through the air. That's really it. Okay. Yeah. We got. We, we we need. We have point A. We got to get to point B. Truck. Sure. Perfect. That works for me. Yeah. I don't mind. I've watched the movie 120 times. This is the first time I've ever thought about it. So, if it takes 120 times of watching it to think about it, then most people aren't gonna ever think about it. Um, walking out there for the Christmas tree also is hilarious. Um, you know, Audrey being frozen from the waist down <laughs> and she can't see. And, you know, I, I quote it every time that like we see anything really big or, you know, uh, Rebecca's parents and her brother do real Christmas trees every year. So I'm always saying, if we go out there, you know, that wouldn't fit in our yard. It's not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. <laughs> What I appreciate about that scene is, is that a modern comedy, the Elaine wife character would constantly like kind of be a nag. No, Ellen just goes with the flow. She, she's accepting it. She, she has come this far with Clark's, she has two kids with him. I mean, she's kind of, she's in deep. She's in deep if we really think about it. And she's just like, yeah, yeah, my, my daughter's frozen, dying. (laughs) She'll see it later, honey. Her eyes are frozen, frozen over my favorite part about the scene is uh russ is like dad do you have the chainsaw and there's that that like you know santa fe is like ooh, like <laughs> like a uh, home improvement like ooh. And, but they, they they show it somehow on the car i was like i just like to think audrey's being frozen they're like well the shovel <laughs> we use the tires to shovel because the roots are there the whole the roots are on the back <laughs> um that's the thing too the music in this movie is so well executed. Yeah, there, there's there's sound effect moments like that, where like the dong, right? It was like, uh oh, the realization music. Um, one of the best uses of "Here Comes Santa Claus" in the history of cinema. 
where here, Gene Autry, here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. I won't sing too much, we'll get demonetized. Uh, <laughs> but it's like as the cops are coming in, right? There's a montage of the cops rolling through, and it's here comes Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we didn't even talk about the, the beginning animation of like, man, it yeah. is it is a nightmare to visit the Griswold house. Stuff just goes wrong. Poor Sandy Claus. <laughs> yeah, and as a, a great song that started as well. Also, you know, it's that time, right? It's just excellent stuff. Um it's then, so uh, 80s. When they get back into the living room after after digging out the frozen tree. Um, you know, they go to cut it open and it just explodes everywhere. <laughs> Another all-time great quote, little full, lots of sap. <laughs> At one point, I really wanted to uh, bring out a piece of paper and keep track of what's getting broken and who's getting hurt in this film. But I kind of realized, like, mm, I don't have enough paper in this world. You know, I would love for, like, film theory to do, like, a damage estimation. <laughs> Like that would be just excellent because because yeah you know the, one of the whole the, the major plot points of this movie is hey Clark needs that Christmas bonus to pay for the pool well dude you got to pay yeah. for a whole new house <laughs> oh uh, you know the YouTube channel Legal Eagle <laughs> I do not okay he kind of does this too where it's like uh, how how much trouble would these film characters be in legally in the real world. There'd be a good thing like how much would his home insurance cover knowing how irresponsible he is and how much can the yuppie neighbors sue him for for destroying their house? Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. <laughs> I mean, you think about it, you, you, with how many lights he put up on the house, he nearly caused a citywide power outage. Had them oh, not just nuclear that, a nuclear auxiliary. meltdown. Like, you gotta flip the switch. <laughs> It's a lovely touch, by the way, the nuclear meltdown. <laughs> and then yeah. um, also, because I just feel like I relate to this one a lot, of the, the troubles with plugs and cords and cables and things not turning on. And yeah, at some point, you just want to shake the freaking plug and be like, just turn on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's another one, too. It's great when, when it's at night and they're out there, you know, they do the drum roll and it doesn't work. And uh, he goes over, he starts chopping the reindeer, and he punches it, Santa Claus. And that's another one where they cut to the family. And they're just all, they're just like, like, they're all just this shocked horror face of, like, this madman over here that's a part of our family. You know, like, it just, it's it just, it's great. It's perfect. It's perfect. I'm going to say that every time. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I kind of feel like you mentioned the whole thing about the plugs. One thing watching this movie is like you, you just—it's like kind of like Squidward. You find out how relatable Clark is as you get older. It's like, yeah, I relate to that. I want to shake the plugs. I want to kick the reindeer. I want to do all that. Well, especially you know, for my job going out and doing live productions at places too. Like, yeah, why we just tested this microphone? Why is it not working now? Oh, and yeah, you just start shaking things. You're just like, Google, work. <laughs> One of the great lines El Ellen has to Clark is uh, why he's so invested into this. Like, he has to make everything perfect. And like, she goes down the list of like things he tries to make perfect. And one of them is funerals. It's like, the I, there, there is a film, um, uh, National Lampoon's Funeral Vacation. <laughs> what shenanigans can Clark Grizzle get into that? <laughs> It, 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 there's so many little lines too. Um, whenever he goes back out to go work on the light or to go do the park, uh, park cars, right? 
and he's like, I'm going to go, you know, check the lights, park the cars. I'll be outside for the season. <laughs> it's like, how it just trails off. And just at the end of it, just like, for the season. Like, I'm not coming back in this house. This is my idea. I'm done. I'm out. And I'll give Audrey a quarter, too. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, oh, gosh. I don't even know where to go to. Um, the, uh, what? They turn on the lights and then, uh, well, they don't get the lights on. They, then they finally do. And, you know, the whole thing explodes. Oh, oh, my gosh. When the, uh, the rest of the family goes shopping and he goes up in the attic. This is a little one. It's like a fill. Like this, this is the parts of the movie that like could be viewed as filler, right? And um, it could be viewed as like dead time, but it's just so darn funny. Mm. That just works, and there's no dead time in the movie because of it. One of the things that, and this is why Rebecca like loves and hates watching this movie with me. Um, when he goes and pulls down the stairs, and the stairs, you know, they're the collapsible ones that are like up in the roof. You pull down the string, they come down. Mm-hmm. Um, when he pulls them down and they slide, and they just boom. Hit him right in the face. I giggle the entire lead up to that moment. <laughs> I almost laugh more because I know what's coming than I do when it actually happens. Um, because it does, it has, it has every form of comedy. Like it has slapstick. This is a whole slapstick like segment of this movie, and there's plenty of slapstick elements throughout the movie. But this whole section where. The, the stairs come down, boom, right in the face. Um, they, he goes to look out the window, see them leaving, and he, like, opens the window, and the window hits him in the head. And this poor man gets four concussions <laughs> in the course of five minutes. He steps on the boards, boards <laughs> smack him in the face. He recoils, turns the other way, boom, board smacks him in the face. Turns the other way back to the first way, steps on the board, boom, smacks him in the face. It's like just hilarity ensues. Well, you know, all those concussions, he's still not going to be taken out of the game. He's going right back in. <laughs> 80s NFL. There was no such thing as concussions. What are those? Concussions didn't exist yet. You just got bonked a bit. You're silly. Just go out there. Come on. (laughs) Go back out there, Clark. You got Walter Payton behind you. You're fine. And finally, you know, (laughs) they they, they get the lights on, and that's when Cousin Eddie comes in. So, like, we go through a good, like, one-third of this movie, and, and Cousin Eddie hasn't even been introduced yet. And, like, if you never get Cousin Eddie or Aunt Bethany, there still is a great movie there. Because we had a half hour of great half hour of a movie. And then, yeah, Cousin Eddie gets introduced and just more chaos ensues with him. Oh, the sledding scene. Hmm. Another one I absolutely love. So one of my great... Ryan, you asked me earlier about uh, how do I start to love this movie. One of the other times when this movie like raised up another level for me, um, my 4-H club, we, we had a movie night. Um, and this was the movie that we watched and mm-hmm. our, like the, um, you know, like you, you elect president and all that stuff within the group, but then you also have like your adult leaders. Right. And, uh, Kurt Sundab, the adult leader for our 4-H club during this part, when he goes shoom down the hill, he busts a gut laughing. Like he is giggling. He is snorting. And like, I think of that. Every single time I watch this movie, I think of Kurt laughing too. And so like, not only am I laughing at the movie, I'm also laughing at that memory also. So that's another one where yeah. uh, we raised the movie up another notch. But then also him just ending up in the Walmart parking lot of all places. <laughs> it's just another little thing that like, it's another little plus one on the end of all things, right? Like not only did he score two points, he also gets a free throw for that. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I mean, to make a basketball reference go, with Cousin Eddie, I mean, it's like clear out, let him have a heat. He's on a heat check. All right. Well, like he, he's the sixth man that's just ultimately going off. And then, like, you do get Aunt Anthony later on, but Eddie's on one for and from that moment on to the rest of the film. And it, Randy Quaid, I mean, <laughs> it's, he does an amazing job with it. Like you said, Matt, like there's all sorts of comedy in here. And he's one of those that you add here and you get his bit of comedy in there. And it, it just really helps the film and adds to it. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention also when the, when the lights didn't work. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on backtracking on quotes because they're just gonna keep on coming to mind after I talk about something. Um, <laughs> where you know they're going through each family member, but when they didn't work, and you know they're like, oh, they, you know they didn't work. You know, well, washing machines work really hard, right? That whole that whole segment. Um, and and Rusty comes over and Clark's like, you checked every bulb, right? Oh gosh, yeah, I'm sure of it. Well, you know, Russ, maybe we should just go try again. Oh, Wally G, look at the time. No, I just, I got to go get all these things done. I got to go, you yeah, know, watch I the got homework. Oh, is that the homework to do? Pay the bills? <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and as he's walking away, he's still going off and he's trailing off. <laughs> I, the uh, relationship between yeah. Clark and Russ is great because every time Clark says, Russ, you're like, oh, what's <laughs> what shenanigans is about to happen now? Well, it's and Russ is ready. Like, Russ is ready. Yeah, he is, but also like you can tell. You also like when when he uh, when Clark's on the roof and Russ brings out the reindeer, right? And Clark says, "Oh, just put him anywhere in the yard," and Russ just drops. That's so relatable as a kid, right? Like it's a Saturday, you're cutting firewood that you didn't want to do with your dad, right? And so like Dad says, "Hey, just put it anywhere over there. You just drop it right where you're at." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, you you mentioned relatable as a kid. That's something I still do. <laughs> uh, Don't make I, I mean, uh, Saturday. I mean, watching this last night, and my sister was in the room. Was like, I I have real Russ energy in that scene. It was like, oh look at the time. I got all this other stuff to do. It was like, yeah, you really do. You are Russ in that sense. Like you would just say like, oh look at all this. I can't do all. I can't do that. You know. But uh, yeah, you mentioned um. Yeah, Clark and Russ, those scenes they had together. I did some research. There is actually a scene that they cut out between the two of them that really? they weren't going to do. And this was actually at the request of Johnny Galecki. And it was apparently like a hard to heart scene that he had with Chevy Chase. But Galecki talked himself out of it. Uh, and he said this to Rolling Stone. He later regretted it. Didn't think there's any point in filming it. And it was like, because it, he thought eh, it would just be on the cutting floor. It'd be cut out. It's like, it, you know, he talked himself out of it. It's like, it doesn't matter. Let, let's not have it. So despite how we got good scenes in between, between those two, there was one that got cut that we don't know what could have happened. It could have been a real good moment to have as a heart to heart between the two. And Johnny and you know what? was like, no, nah, it's going to go on the cutting floor. This film had some very good wholesome stuff in between the chaos, like the attic scene. You know, yes, uh, Clark has probably four or five concussions right now, but you know he still has to go out and you know face the Packers defense. <laughs> what he does to pass the time is he just finds the old Christmas footage mm -hmm. of his him as a child. He's just sitting there relaxed, watching it with you know excitement on. Like, there's no joke to it. It's just like, oh yes, this is the meaning of the season in a way, and we get a couple of those like. Even uh, when Clark's like, 
yeah, Cousin Eddie, he's an idiot, but his heart's in the right place. Like, there's a lot of wholesome stuff throughout this. I feel like that would have been great, especially towards the end, potentially. Well, there's a moment, too. His heart is bigger than his brain. Thanks, (laughs) thanks, Clark. (laughs) (laughs) There's that moment towards the end, too, with Clark and his dad, right? Right before Mm -hmm. uh, Eddie shows up Mm -hmm. with with Clark's boss. Yeah, they kind of go through that. He's like, how'd you do it? You know, I had a lot of help from Jack Daniels, right? But, like, it's a lot of heart-to-heart <laughs> in, in that moment, too. And, uh, yeah, no, there, there is. There, there, there is a heart in the movie just, just disguised behind a lot of comedy. Right. You know? it's, it's a Chandler it's Bing of a movie. And that's what these types of films did. Like, uh, Christmas Story, you know, throughout the film, it's it's the plot line is just, you know, shenanigans as a kid tries to convince Santa and the adults he can have a Red Rider BB gun shotgun. But it has a great ending where, you know, it's him sleeping Christmas night, his parents just, you know, looking at the Christmas decorations. Like, that is, to me, in a way, the point of the movie. Like, yes, you go through all the shenanigans mm-hmm. of the holiday time, but the reason is, you know, there is that spirit and, you know, I, I guess reward aspect to it. And that's what this film does good, too. Because if there is just a, like, live-action slapstick, like, it still works, but I think to have that in there kind of, like, gives it a purpose in a way. The very last moment of the movie... After the cops have wrecked his house, <laughs> after this tree has burned down in his living room, after Aunt Bethany's cat has disintegrated in flames, after his cousin kidnapped his boss, after all of these things, at the end of it, Clark just looks off in the distance and says, I did it. Mm-hmm. And I think in that moment, he's just like, I pulled it off. I create. I did. I, I did the big family Christmas, right? Like, that's what that is. It's not, I did it, I got the bonus. No, it's, I did it. I, I got my entire family in one house for Christmas, and we created Christmas memories. By the way, fun fact, this movie, we never make it to Christmas Day. Nope. The, the movie never shows no. Christmas Day, um, which I think is, is, is a fun little uh, fun little fact as well. Yeah, that that's a fun fact as well. I mean, I didn't think about that until you brought up, like, yeah, usually they get to Christmas Day and show all the stuff happening on there, but that they just get to Christmas Eve and it's like, yeah, that's where we're going to leave it off. You know, um, I actually saw a couple other facts. This is going back. I mean, we're going all over the place, but like, it's fine. This is this podcast. It's never organized, but going back to the squirrel thing, this was also in Rolling Stone, but the scene with the squirrel in the tree, they had actually trained a squirrel for months for this scene. However, it died the day before the scene was set to shoot. So (laughs) So they they had had an untrained squirrel. The backup (laughs) squirrel? They got the second string squirrel coming in there, and he was just, (laughs) the squirrel's just haywire. You know, it it was just absolute chaos. (laughs) He was the Nick Foles of squirrels because he did great. (laughs) I mean, that squirrel came through in the clutch. So hat tip to you, squirrel. You, You did great. Imagine if Carson Wentz just listened to that part. It's like, wait, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, thinking back on, on uh, all the other scenes, um, uh, Matt, I think, let me ask you this. You probably, there's, this whole movie is probably your favorite scene. I mean, but if you had to pick one favorite, or if you had to pick ones like, it's on TV or something, and it's like, oh, wait, something's about to happen. Yeah, what is it? I mean, it's probably the rant, right? 
Um, he gets the Jelly of the Month Club membership. That's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. <laughs> that it is, Edward. And then, um, Ryan, I don't know if you want me to show my, my cup too closely here and get you demonetized, but uh, I, I've got the whole rant right here. You know, dog kissing, brainless, uh, hopeless, heartless, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, <laughs> where's the tile at all? <laughs> um, that is, that is, I think that's like the pinnacle of the movie is that rant. And it's the rant that everyone in America has wanted to go on at some point with their boss, right? It, 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 it's the moment it, it, that is the moment of the movie when you think of christmas vacation you think of that rant and somehow we're almost an hour in this is the first time that it's come up but yeah no this is this is the moment uh, uh where where it, yeah. it all comes together and the great thing is that's not even the only rant in the movie because like five minutes later as everyone's trying to leave he's like oh no and santa squeezes his Fat white keister down that chimney. He's gonna find the jolly I think I think in between oh, that's when we got the uh, Jason Voorhees Letterface crossover with the chainsaw. It's like at that point, Clark is just <laughs> he's lost it. He's broken a screw, <laughs> and we're just here to watch the rewards. So we had a. Uh... A banister in our uh, house growing up that was a little bit loose, and oh, we choked with my mom all the time. I'm gonna bring a chainsaw in here and fix that. <laughs> um, yeah, that rant. I'm another little bit of information. I mean, th this is going back to I guess like stuff behind the scenes, but with that rant, they filmed it in a really cool way, where apparently the people it's kind of like another whole you know we're watching it from the family's eyes the family who weren't on camera they had cue cards so that chevy chase could oh. look at him and was like okay here's get to point a the point b to point c it was divine dissection so that he could go all the way through from beginning to end and without a chance for getting his lines and having to do another take so i was like that's that's neat there but i'm also thinking like they must be giggling they must be cackling holding these cue cards knowing what's about to come out of chevy chase's mouth you've got you know a little rusty sitting there you know <laughs> hopeless heartless on his cue card <laughs> uh, we, we need to say even though as time goes on he's been proven to be like one of the most notoriously difficult people to work with chevy chase in his prime was on another level like he has to be you know the dorky doofus suburban dad and then just go to this degree <laughs> over time and have it be believable like again he's a challenge to work with but he had the talent to back it up you can never take that away from him yeah despite all that other stuff i mean he he was ready to bring it you know we it's there's a lot of stuff talking about like how difficult he was and apparently that was something that was also behind the scenes of this movie in fact the guy that directed it wasn't even supposed to direct it oh it was supposed to be actually christopher columbus who of course went on to direct the first two harry potters and because of the problem with alone. chevy chase john and hughes like you know what i'm giving you home alone wow yeah. Um. Who are so, your I mean, guys' favorite like, characters? Thank you, Chevy, for giving me Home Alone. I hate to say it, I have to give it to the yuppies because every time we cut to them, it's a just a banger line. And it also they have 
I think my favorite scene in the film, I don't know why, I guess just because it's just so, <laughs> it's just such, a, it's kind of like a little bit of a dark turn for a brief second, but not really. It's still in the comedy sense. It's when Clark's putting up the Christmas decoration the first time and they look at him. It's like, I hope he falls and breaks his neck. And just, uh, Todd, I think, that's yeah. Ellen, surprisingly. It's like, oh, he'll definitely fall, but we won't get lucky. <laughs> it's like, every time it catches me off guard, I don't know why. It's like, it's in character. But it's just like, wow. They, they realize they're in a movie where Clark has to survive, and they can't do anything about it. I love it. Ryan, who is your favorite character? Oh, man. It's probably too much of a cop-out to say Eddie, isn't it? I mean, that's an easy answer. That's that's totally fine. I mean, that's fair. I feel like he is a yeah. lot of people's favorite character. Yeah. And Bethany's also really good, too. I, I, I love when she comes in, like, He's like, don't drop me, Clark. I'll try not to, Aunt Bethany. I I, I kind of feel like I would be Clark in that scene. (laughs) Aunt Bethany during the scroll chaos is the best part. Do you hear that? It's a little squeaky sound. You couldn't hear a dump truck drive through a nitroglycerin plant. (laughs) Uncle Lewis is another one who needs to get his time. Give him his flowers. Because he plays such a great you know he's married and bethany is my number one favorite character and uh but uncle lewis plays such a great job as the opposite coin of like he is so over her her not knowing where she is and what's going on he is so tired of her crap grace she passed away 30 years ago (laughs) they want you to say grace the blessing. She says a bunch of I pledge allegiance to the flag, and not only does everyone go along with it, just great character moment, great veteran of this great country. Eddie stands up, puts his hand over his heart, and then the whole family just rolls with it at some point. Though, right? They're all just like. And the rockets, right? <laughs> they just go with it, you know. Amen. They just go with her. Uh, yeah, Aunt Bethany, it, it, she's she is my favorite character in the movie, and, and it makes where the last half hour is just like amazing. Yeah, um, you know, let's let room say hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everything she does is just uh, just amazing and outstanding. Um, I'm gonna pose the same question to you guys. What was your favorite scenes? Oh, uh, definitively the uh, shopping scene with Clark in the uh, department store, mostly because it's <laughs> exactly what it had to be. Like, just just let let Chevy Chase cook, as we will uh, come to say about thirty years later. The uh, and the, the and, of, of, of Chevy Chase of, of Clark grabbing something off the thing, like oh. This is a nice little thing, putting out, and then just smash with a big box of dog food. Oh no, I'm talking about the department store with the woman. Oh, with oh, oh, yeah. that one with the sales lady. Oh my gosh, that's great too because it's physical comedy. But like, just just Clark being a horn dog, just oh. and what kills it is Russ. Perfectly timed, comes in as Clark's made the move. 
yeah the one was just like yeah see you can't hardly see it like oh you can hardly see it russ he's like yep and he just realized oh no <laughs> the one thing i would have added is is like we saw them coming home and clark and uh russ had like a toy and clark's just like don't tell your mother about this like he realized like oh i uh i pushed too far well you know oh um oh gosh yeah he makes up the story about oh my wife yo god rest her soul <laughs> Yeah. And, and oh, she's not dead. We're just divorced, and and obviously she doesn't wear underwear. It's like, sir, can I take something out for you? He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I mean, the first one thing that came to mind is when they get the lights on. They finally oh, get the lights yeah. on. Mm-hmm. is that scene or like going through everybody all the hugs like thank you dad for teaching me all all about this stuff exterior <laughs> illumination there i couldn't think of it but thank you um <laughs> dad and um his father-in-law is like i know thank you for noticing yeah lights they're not twinkling and, oh and it's then, very yeah, you get small because of eddie entrance yeah <laughs> it's very small but I don't know why the way Frank Shirley's wife calls the cops and reports her husband's kidnapping is just so nonchalant. I don't know why it always gets me. Bulging man. <laughs> Wearing a blue leisure suit. Oh, real quick for her, uh, her uh, actress, uh, Natalie Noglick. Uh, crazy, crazy world the 80s wore. Uh, Return of the Jedi had a radio adaptation and she was Mon Mothma. What a wild thing. Good for her. <laughs> Fun fact there. And also, uh, Uncle Lewis, uh, the actor, barely did anything, but just a few years prior, he got an Oscar nomination. Just <laughs> out of this world. <laughs> wow. He's great. I mean, he, he kills it as Uncle Lewis. Yeah. Like, that's one thing with this movie. I could not imagine any of these characters being portrayed by anybody other than who they are. Like all of them are pristine, MCU yeah, yeah. level casting in this movie. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see Clark Griswold do the snap against Thanos. I can't wait. <laughs> I am Griswold. <laughs> Russ, um, get the gauntlet. <laughs> uh, one thing with I, I am Griswold. Also, his boss never getting his name right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the entire movie he calls him Carl. He calls him Bill. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, uh, when he goes, all the all the uh, yes men him. walking by. <laughs> um, Clark goes to bring him the present, and his boss is on the phone and hangs up the phone. He's like, "I'm in a very busy call, a very important call." Picks the phone. Get me somebody, anybody, and give me somebody while I'm waiting. Like it's just the most perfect, like evil Vince McMahon, right? Like that is the exact character archetype here. And and also, I love too how the presents are so cookie cutter that the present that Clark brings in is the exact same size, shape, and style of every present on the table already. Like everyone just went to Bath and Body Works and got the exact same gift set for their boss. I love it. That you know he'll never open. Yeah, he's gonna uh, be yeah. thrown away within the end of the day. Yeah, I don't even know where else to go. Um, I feel like so, this is only a ninety-minute movie. Have we actually covered everything that there is to really touch on? You guys have more, probably. And I don't know if we should have the pod be as 
long as the movie or longer than it. So that's never stopped us before. Hey, we also covered the GTA six trailer and it's got 400 million views. All right. <laughs> the map looks huge. <laughs> that, oh, that is true. That is how true. we not mention Ryan um, mark this time slot here because there's no way for me to avoid saying some words here. One Oh seven. The is full <laughs> of all the iconic lines. Um, you know, he's out there pumping out the RV, uh, you know, sewage tank right into the sewer on the side of the street. You know, they're, that's another one. Great music with the, uh, with the jingle bells, right? The, the, the version they're using there. And, you know, he's out there like drinking a Budweiser at six in the morning, burping and farting in the middle of the streets. He dumps out his RV sewage and, and, uh, he says it twice, so we have to get two reactions. The annoyed Clark and the terrified yuppie Todd. See, like, what is this redneck doing in my neighborhood? And, of course, the payoff when uh, Clark is like, how oh, he's putting, you know, yada yada, the sewage in. I wouldn't want to be anybody with a match within 10 feet of that. And next thing you know, at the end of the film, Uncle Lewis, like, pulls out the stogie. Like, Uncle there, Lewis. <laughs> there is so much setup and payoff in this movie. Also, earlier, well, this is a subtle one that I don't think everybody notices. This is These are the kind of things you don't get. If you don't watch this movie 120 times, um, early on with uh, with Snots, right? He drinks out of the tree, and Clark says, "Hey, if he drinks out of that tree, it's gonna get dried out." Mm-hmm. Well, the only way that that tree would light as easy as it does later on, when Uncle Lewis lights up next to it and it burns the tree down, mm-hmm. Snots drank all the water. Right, the yeah. tree dried out. There, there are so many just set up payoff set up payoff in this movie um you know th- that's really what the entire plot of the movie just kept on being is well we're just gonna set up a thing and then we're gonna pay off the thing in a funny way it's a pretty simple formula <laughs> works really well oh there there is the scene where clark vi- envisions the uh the pool and of course it goes to the uh oh the yeah. lingerie the lingerie cat fight off her name is uh nicolette scorsese no relation I was hoping for one, but no, just uh, our name is Mary, the actress. Sorry. <laughs> and then just, of course, we have to cut to, I forgot, I forgot to mention the whole, the probably the most wholesome scene with uh, Ruby Sue. Ruby Sue. Where he has to explain where he explains us why Stan is coming. Of course, Ruby Sue's got the, the great line like, uh, Ryan, this is 110, by the way. Uh, oh, he was right. Like Tony's villain. Oh, sorry. He rocks. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to realize like, oh, this is cousin Eddie's kid. I'm not going to get anywhere. <laughs> you know, she's like, yeah, we were good all last year. We still got the shaft. <laughs> I love even when he like tries to get the uh, later on, because uh, uh, she tells like, oh yeah, but my dad said Santa's not you know real or yada yada. And then as Clark's like, oh kids, I heard uh, Santa's over New York. And all the pa- all the people, all the adults, even the cynical ones, are like, oh yeah, kids. Oh, and yeah. Ran- Quiz is just like, you kidding me, Clark? <laughs> you, you serious, Clark? <laughs> I think one of my favorite things in that whole conversation with with Ruby Sue, <laughs> you serious, is, Clark? Is that you know if you believe in your mom and you believe in your your dad, <laughs> just struggle <laughs> to say that part. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, man, it, uh, yeah. That, I love the whole I love Clark's. I mean, it, it is a nice heart to heart. I love throughout the film Clark's just disdain for Eddie and like <laughs> I was just like, oh, I can't swim, Clark. I know Eddie. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, he wants this man dead, but he also loves him deep down. Well, they're drinking the eggnog in the living room. It's just those two. 
Mm-hmm. And uh <laughs> uh Eddie's like, um, oh what is it? I don't know what it is that Eddie says to set it up, but then uh Clark's like, Can I get you anything else? Can I refill your eggnog, drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead? <laughs> and he's just like, Nope, Clark, I'm doing your spine. <laughs> oh, and also I forgot to mention during Eddie's introduction, one of my favorite lines also, uh, because they wanted to be a, it to be a surprise. And he's like, Clark, are you surprised? And Clark's like, if I woke up in the morning with my head under the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> oh, oh, the amount of we times we've we gotten can't that forget. in the group chat. We can't forget Catherine's cooking. Yes. Oh, How, man. We finally think there's going to be that perfect moment and just that turkey just explodes. It's like asbestos comes out. She's like, I knew I overcooked it. It's like, why are you crying? How? Time out. How, Catherine? How? Yeah. We need to know. And like, you know, Clark being good guy's like, oh, it's fine. Oh, there's the heart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, if there's any other reason for me not to be a big fan of turkey, this would probably be a good reason why. You're not a fan of turkey. I'm more of a ham guy. Yeah. One of those people. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Well, I I guess we found out something new about me tonight. And guests found out, like, oh, Matt's going to have an opinion about that. I'm just saying, Ryan, it's not very American of you. Well, hey, listen, I tried turkey. It's It's not like I didn't try it. A lot of things, I'm so picky that I would be like, nah, I'm not going to try it. I don't want to even smell it. I've went and tried turkey. It's like, it's not for me. All right. Peter, at least how do you feel about turkey? They're both bad. <laughs> You're even worse. <laughs> Am I the only I American it, here? I do it every year. I'm just like, it's boring, it's dry, and then ham's ham. Prime rib is where America's at. I mean, okay, money bags, but like, <laughs> we we get one holiday a year, technically two of Christmas Eve, Christmas dinner, however you want right, to, whatever right. you go with, where you can be a fat, disgusting pig. Calories don't exist, yada yada. Oh, and we we blow it on turkey and ham. What is wrong with us? <laughs> now, first of all, there are many other holidays where you also calories don't count. They don't count on your own personal birthday each year. They don't count on the 4th of July. They don't I don't count, believe in mine. They don't count on Casimir Pulaski. <laughs> they don't count on Halloween. They don't count Thanksgiving. They don't count Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Uh, Flag Day, of course, Christmas Columbus Day. MLK, who can forget that one? Um, Easter, um, 4th of July. I think I mentioned that one, but you know, I eat enough hot dogs for two. So Good Friday. I, good Friday's Friday. one. Yeah. Well, no. Arbor Day's a good one. Arbor Day, of course. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so like there's there's plenty of other days to also eat things. But the, the American spirit holds a gun to your head it's like turkey, turkey, turkey. It's like I don't wanna. Here I thought I knew you guys. No. <laughs> on my podcast too, on the Christmas vacation <laughs> podcast, this comes out. Um I do very much enjoy uh there is a part I try to remember who it is. Someone dips the turkey in their glass of water <laughs> to try to give it a little bit more life as they're eating it because it's so dried out and dead. That's very funny. And then, of course, the dog yakking on the bone, and then, you know, he knows the trash, and then they're in there cleaning it up. And then Lewis, God bless him, is like, 
Hey, Grizz, if you're not doing anything constructive, go to the living room and get my stogie. <laughs> is that the point when Ellen's like, it might oh, be nice, Clark. It could be his last. And it's like, I hope it is. <laughs> oh, I'll make sure it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's how you know it's a real family. When you got somebody's like, oh man, I wish I'd go. Oh, poor Elaine when she's like, fine, I'll be the man and go and confront them and just get just snot to the face. Or no, the the, yeah, the, the squirrel the, first the and then snot. The dog. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> then she kicks really... Todd. Oh, and the SWAT team, of course. Yeah, the SWAT team. So they come in, they destroy the house, and my favorite part of the whole thing—it's two things really. Number one, when he goes, freeze, and all of his guys freeze. Not you, them, them. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, also just the little things in there of um, number one, when the uh, when Frank Shirley, the boss's wife, comes in, and uh, Ellen is like, you know, oh, nice to meet you. Welcome to our home. And what's left of it? <laughs> and then, While she has to be frozen, technically, for the cops' orders. Yeah, she's, she's she, she extends the arm. hand. She, yeah, she just ex- she just extends the hand like, welcome to our house. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Not even looking at her. Just like, I, I can move my hand to you, but I can't move my face. <laughs> and then when uh, Frank Shirley explains, oh, it's because I didn't do the Christmas bonus. And then the, and then the everyone is like, that's pretty low, mister. If I had a rubber hose. I'd... <laughs> <laughs> like the police have gone from being, okay, we're here to take care of some business here, sir. Like, we're, we're on your side, you know, you got kidnapped tonight, too. Wait, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> I beat you with a rubber hose. <laughs> uh, this is a film that had to end in a SWAT team coming in. Like, there's no way that cannot be involved. Uh, yeah. Even oh, if Cousin man. Eddie didn't kidnap the boss, somehow, some way, there has to be a police presence at the end of this film. Yeah, there there has to. I don't know if there's anything else that needs to be said. I mean, but Matt, this is your pod. Say whatever else you want to say about it. Like I said, I don't really have much more. Like it just, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's magical. It's Christmas. Um, I feel like we should review a Christmas movie every year moving forward. Um, around this time of year, I think that'd be wonderful. But uh, no, thank thanks for indulging me for an hour and ten minutes or so, and uh, yeah, no let me just. Talk talk about enjoy in a very non-coherent way just talking about my favorite movie ever well you know it's crazy that you know i had thought about this before but i'd forgotten about it and then when it came to you know like rebecca wants the pixar tier list for a wedding gift as a podcast it's like let me try to think of something for matt it's like yeah is something raymond's related or something else i couldn't think of anything it was like Oh, wait a second, Ryan, you big dummy. Christmas vacation. <laughs> this was perfect. Yes. Yeah. I uh, I very much enjoy getting to just, you know, talk about it because it's wonderful. Yeah, I'm definitely down with the uh, whole Christmas, you know, movie every year. You know, my sister was saying, like, I, I want to watch, we've only seen Elf in, in parts, but want to watch all the way through. So it's like, eh, you know, maybe that that's a Christmas classic, too. Like, I've seen parts of it. I know the big parts it but i haven't seen it all the way through right right? you go you go to the theater like every (laughs) week and somehow you have not made time for christmas hey i don't have a theater around me anymore that's a news development there's no theater around me anymore that's close enough well it's good yeah because people's like oh well this is too expensive like we can't have a theater around here (laughs) 
it's, it's, yeah, a, it's a good no. thing that good movies are no longer being made. So at least you have that going for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> we right. forgot how to make movies after like 1989. Well, I was going to say after 2019, but sure. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there was a pandemic that happened. So, uh, you know. Yeah. And there hasn't, um, and there but, hasn't been you know, a good movie since. Wasn't real. Wasn't real. It's all a myth. <laughs> Peter wasn't here False for it. flag. Peter wasn't here for it because he got snapped yeah. away by Thanos. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 he came back from ashes and he's like, what? A dude ate a bat and everybody had stuffy noses? What? <laughs> you guys shut down the country for it? What's wrong with you? <laughs> you never had a cold before? Uh, <laughs> Grandma, calm down. It's just oh. a cough. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> But um, yeah, you know that brings me to a couple ideas. I guess I'm gonna bounce these off of YouTube for a quick second. But I put some ideas in the in the group chat, maybe about some for some pods next year. And I think I mentioned, you know, going back to 2019. I think a 2019 movie draft. You know, going back to the draft, in which I, I would add a little bit of a caveat here, since me and Peter probably saw a lot of movies that year. Matt, you and Rebecca can do your research and try to steal a movie that we like and have seen in the draft. Well, and you can just see one of us discombobulated. I'm, I'm looking right now. In 2019, uh, since we're doing uh, you know production meetings from the 573 at the moment. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry. Some... After, we're going to talk about Grand Theft Auto 6 in its entirety. <laughs> Um, I've got like five movies from 2019, like 2019. I think that's actually a year where I saw like probably the most movies in one year I've ever seen. Like I've got, I mean, just looking at this list here, I've got Shazam, Rise of Skywalker, Toy Story 4, Detective Pikachu, Far From Home, Dark Phoenix. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying they're all good movies, but I saw them. That's six right there. Yeah. That's, I feel like six movies. Oh, Captain Marvel, that's seven. Um, Endgame. Sonic? Oh, and why is that not on this list anywhere? <laughs> Matt, did you get snapped? No. <laughs> hey, that's my bit. Okay, there's Endgame. <laughs> oh, Frozen 2. Frozen 2 is really good. Um, okay, I went to the movie theaters like eight times in 2019. I feel like that is actually very much above average. Like, how many times does the average person make to the movie theater in a year? Three? That was also peak entertainment from the 573 productions. Well, and it was peak movies. Like, yeah. listen to the list yeah. of those movies. Those were actually, like, it was peak movie time. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, a couple of them suck. You know, Dark Phoenix, Rise of Skywalker. But, like, <laughs> well, you still have Detective Pikachu in there. I mean, hey, we got a couple of pods out of Rise of Skywalker. Right. So, you know. Oh, it's good for something. It's probably the longest one on record so far, I would imagine. Probably. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a second here. I'm gonna shut. I'm gonna shut down our episode here because this is my episode. This is the. <laughs> this is the Christmas vacation, and we have tunneled all the way off the production meeting for the five seven three. So Ryan, holy, <laughs> where's the Tylenol? Host, get us on track and send us out of here. All right, everybody. Yeah, this was our Christmas vacation pod again. <laughs> Peter's got the Tylenol. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, this was Christmas vacation, everybody. Uh, Matt's wedding gift. And, uh, Matt, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope it was a, a good wedding gift. And 
again, I promise I'm going to get you something for your wedding, but uh, I hope this was a, a nice little start for uh, as far as wedding gifts were concerned. It was it was excellent. I had a blast. Even production meetings from the 573, uh, as we detoured for a minute there. Uh, but no, this is great. It, it, listen, it's fine. That that production meeting is going to get cut out. It, it's fine. <laughs> Editing Ryan will make sure it's like, okay, uh, okay, okay. That's about seven minutes long. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, in that, that case, Ryan, here, here's your ending. I have your ending whenever you're ready to give it to me. Oh, boy. Oh no, I'm scared about what this is. Anytime oh, you Peter know says it something is. like you this. know what it is. You know what it is. <laughs> well, editing Ryan's getting a little bit worried right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, everybody be sure to go check us out where you guys get your podcasts, views, entertainment, follow us there, YouTube. We'll have some clips from this pod up there. So if you want to go check them out, 573 podcast. And I think that's uh it. So Peter, take us home. Well, Here's your bonus episode, Grand Theft Auto 6 in its entirety, and we have a new character. 